When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my f facing Floyd Mayweather in the f Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. another episode that primarily is not in Newport Beach. Very on the nose, we're reminded that we're in Miami a couple times in this episode, uh, because this is the return of Nana. Yeah. The uh, that Nana's cancer back. clearly isn't working quick enough, but... Um, <laughs> so, the start of this episode, we do get uh, something that I distinctly remember which is that Seth is really excited that Bright Eyes has two albums in the top 10. And I remember this. He released, uh, Connor Oberus released uh, Digital Ash for the Digital Urn and I'm Wide Awake on the same day. And people bought both of those albums enough that they both ended up in the top 10. I think across the board, at the time, I think people were more into Digital Ash it was like a weird kind of like electronica album and, sure. and whatnot. But I mean, now I think people look at that. I'm wide awake album as like one of the best albums bright eyes has ever released. It obviously has first day of my life on it, which is like the bright eyes song for a lot of people. It's currently in a commercial <laughs> for Zillow. Um, <laughs> but I wonder how much they paid for that. Yeah, for real. But yeah, I have always been a huge Bright Eyes fan. Uh, always was into stuff ever since I heard some of the song. I think it was about 2001, 2002. Someone played me some of his music. And I was just like, this is great. And I've owned basically every album. I actually, uh, so I have people who come over my house. Sure. Um, once a month for a movie night. And to tell you the type of person that I am, as well as the type of people that I invite into my home, Someone who was living in the city saw a curb that someone had put a full laundry basket of CDs on the curb for trash and just grabbed the laundry basket to bring it to me because they're like, well, Matt might want to salvage some of these CDs. 
And inside of that bin of CDs was mostly garbage, but there was two Bright Eyes bootleg albums that they had of like live sets. So I was like, all right, well, I'll burn these on my computer. (laughs) So, oh my God, you're still burning things. I love it. Oh, I'm buying physical media. I'm burning CDs. I'm reading books, not on a iPod or a Kindle. I am I am firmly trapped in the past and I will not break free. Uh, but yeah, just that that really put me through a, a series of emotions because I remember that that was my that was my freshman end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year of college, um, working on the school newspaper, because of course I did. Of course, I was in the school newspaper. You were a tour and, guide and you were a school newspaper nerd. And there was a girl in the newspaper who I had a crush on named Katie oh News. God. That was her real last name was News. Uh, and she was an indie rock punk girl. And she wrote reviews for both of the albums. Um, so I, I always uh, remembered that, too. How Veronica Mars. <laughs> I know. How very. Um, so the main focus of this episode is that Nana is getting married. Sandy Cohen decides that he is going to go make sure that this man is too legit and Mm -hmm. Seth and Ryan see it as a chance to take a nice little road trip episode to Miami before they get to Miami. There is a scene where Sandy, it is, it is one of the most like paid sponsorship moments I've seen in this show Sure, where he, where he looks at Kirsten and says, Hey, have you seen my American airlines MasterCard?" It's like, I'm trying to book a flight here on AA.com, but I can't seem to find the card. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, that was shameless as, as all hell. It's like the Truman um, show, right? Where it's like, have you tried? <laughs> yeah. A thousand percent. Um, Then Kirsten finds out she's got the house to herself, gives Carter a call. And something that I do not believe for one second in this episode subplot. Sure. Is that Carter is going to leave Newport living because this vanity rag for rich people in Newport is getting such good press that it's rejuvenated his career and the demand for Carter. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, Joe, this is, as I'm sure you are aware, yeah. this is like, if you're the, the you know, you work for a nonprofit, if yes. like the newsletter from your nonprofit suddenly led to the New York Times writing to you directly to be like, we need the journalist. Joe, we've heard such good things about your newsletter. <laughs> your newsletter is is the foremost authority on X thing, and we yeah, need like, you. We're calling you up. <laughs> yeah, just not. At, I was like, I am not buying this for one second. No. Um, but this also, Seth and Ryan leaving the house doesn't just leave Kirsten alone in the house. It leaves Summer alone for Zach. Um, and we get... A great uh, return to the rage blackout gets referenced as Summer's letting her aggressions out with some boxing gloves and a and a bag. And Zach comes in and she's like throwing punches at him and he calms her down. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. I was in one of my rage blackouts. Again. Remember the rage blackouts? I love the rage blackouts. <laughs> so I did write down this episode feels really familiar 
have they done an episode like this already? Or was this another one of the episodes that my friend may have shown me that I forgot? What was your decision? What did you come to? (laughs) I think my friend showed me this episode because I do remember certain elements about this episode. Sure. I certainly didn't remember the end of this episode. So I was not prepared for where things go with that, but we'll get there in a bit. Seth living his life in Miami is so funny to me. Him just getting along with all of these old men. Zach is making homemade pasta for summer. Nookie, right? Nookie. He did it all for the nookie, Joe. (laughs) 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 Well, we really are stuck in the past. (laughs) And while all of this is happening, also with, with Ryan out of the picture, Marissa's got nothing else to do but hang out with Trey. What could possibly go wrong? What, 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 pray, pray tell. Yeah, what pray tell. could possibly go wrong? So Marissa says that she's going to make Trey watch her favorite movie. And before a word comes out of her mouth, I'm like, it's going to be The Notebook, isn't it? And sure enough, she's like, it's The Notebook. Like, this is... Don't do that. Don't predict the show. Like... <laughs> That one's too pretty. It's like, of course, Marissa's favorite movie is The Notebook. It's a new movie that just came out in this world that's somewhat romantic. Like, it's so, it's so like first draft, not it. It's kind of like giving whatever the most famous indie band is of the time, like being one of Seth's favorite bands. It's just like, sure. of course. Like, why, why would that not be the case? While at the retirement home, Seth and Ryan meet a, a uh, Southern lass. Makes a fool of (laughs) Seth as they continue to gamble. A southern lass. A southern lass. uh, And she says, hey, (laughs) if I win, you have to do a favor for me. And what that favor is, is that Seth has to lick whipped cream off of her body on MTV and eat a cherry out of her mouth. Yeah. uh, In order for her to win this MTV spring break competition. Yeah. Of course, Summer turns on the television just in time to witness it. Uh, so, you know, I, it looks like this is the end of Seth and Summer once again, because she starts kissing Zach. But the joke that her boyfriend and his gang of beefed up Bible study guys are there to beat up the man who's tempted his sweet virginal girlfriend is yeah. just so good it's such a tasty plot line and maybe i'm speaking so highly about this because literally any plot line that's not happening in miami is infuriating to watch in this episode (laughs) but what i want to point uh also sandy's assumptions about the man engaged to his mom are true he is basically just in it for the money and the property um And Sandy makes it very known that he has connections. And suddenly the man disappears. And I will say that that was a really heartbreaking scene for me to watch is is his mom getting the information that her fiance isn't making it to dinner and having the realization that he's probably never going to come again. Yeah. Uh, in more ways than one. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Reject that. I reject that. I reject. I rebuke that in the most holy name of Jesus. And I know that she's Jewish, but no, absolutely not, Matt. Well, already made the joke. It's out there in the ether. But yeah, that was a heartbreaking scene. That was a really sad scene because like 
I don't know. Have you ever been, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been stood up or ghosted on a date? Cause it sucks. Are you talking about like in person? No. Okay. I'm talking about in person. Yeah. Like showing oh, no. up at a place and someone not showing up. It's happened to me three times, Joe, three times in my life. Really? And it sucks every single time. But it sucks, and it's a bummer, and to see that happening to any character always makes me really sad, because I know how much that sucks, and you you don't blame that person. You blame yourself every single time. It's not that that sure. person was a jerk. It's that you aren't good enough, um, or that you are somehow deserving of that treatment. Uh, so it is hard to watch, and that is a tough scene to watch. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Another really tough scene to watch. Speaking, speaking of which is the essay that they decide to end this episode on where Troy just like full on tries to rape Marissa on the beach. Um, And it's it's a long scene, like longer than I cared to have cared for it to be. And I yeah. really are, it's like, are we watching Irreversible right now? Yeah. Like, what is it? And it's <laughs> and it's really happening? wild because it's like they're trying to flip Trey in a single episode mm-hmm. like like him at the end of OC Confidential to now is like they're doing so much work to like get, to get to where I guess we need to be in three episodes. Like it's real, real wild how quickly they're going. Um, and that really shifted my uh my enjoyment of the episode for sure where i'm just like i don't i don't like this at all like this is it's too much for me it's i i would i would love to live in a world where we don't have to put essay in as many movies and tv shows as we do anything yeah yeah like it's just like i know that's a thing that happens but i feel like we're aware we don't need any more films to make us aware of how brutal and awful that is like I'd like to not visually have to say it because weirdly people who are in like, I don't think you're deterring the people who are going to commit it at all. No. Like, so I don't think it has any beneficial thing. So it's also like it goes on too long. The look on his face as he's doing it is so like, it's so strange because like you can tell it's almost as if he's not even human at that point. 
Okay. Yeah, Which, I agree. Like, it's kind of like that vacant expression. It's It reminds me of... Um, it reminds me of the craft when whatever Skeet Ulrich's character is under the spell and he's, like, basically also doing the same thing to Robin Tunney's character, to Sarah. Yeah. Because it's, like, he looks like he's just... Like, it's very tunnel-visioned. And I, like... I don't like that because it looks I've never experienced that and I've never had it described to me. Anyone who's experienced that in my life, it's never been described to me in detail. But like part of me thinks that it feels that's too real. Right. Yeah, I agree. I I think that there is like an almost outside of body experience level of disconnected. That happens that I don't like having to see or witness, especially on my goofy fucking 45 minute 2000s teen drama. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a million other things you're like, you already got them doing coke and like sleeping with this weird girl that like you don't have to push it to. I guess they just really wanted us to be okay when Trey dies. I mean, like, I guess they wanted to make absolutely sure that everybody hated him. But dear Lord, not not into it. Um, something that I will say I'm into is how many good songs appear on this soundtrack, though. Uh, so we kick off Summer is Boxing to Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. Seemingly any time that Sandy, Ryan and Seth are walking around Miami, Will Smith's Miami is playing. Yep. <laughs> um, spoons, <laughs> I turn my camera on, please, when Seth, Sandy and Ryan are wandering Malibu at night or Miami at night. Um, the gorillas kids with guns plays when Mary Sue first shows up. TI's bring them out is what's play. He performs bring them out on MTV spring break. And then the Kaiser chefs, na 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 plays when Seth wins the whipped cream contest. I'm just going to say it. Miami Will Smith. Absolutely. The song of the episode fucking Perfectly used, iconically used over and over and over again. Hundo P. Hundo P on that one. Yep. Like All right. It's been a while since yeah. we've fully agreed on the song of the episode, but I mean, there was no other. I love, I do want to throw out that I love the song Kids with Guns by Gorillas. It's a fun song, but it had no chance, mm-hmm. no chance up against Will Smith, Miami. <laughs> no, absolutely not in this. Not when, especially when, like, that's all they talk about is the fact that they're in Miami. Like, we get it. Yeah. You're in Miami. Love it. Love this for you. But no, thank you. All right, Joe, the last part, pop culture. I've been sitting on this bad boy for a long ass time because, like we've said, most of the time that we've been recording this season has been uh, strike time. Let's talk about arguably the best film of the year, Barbie. Um, Barbie was unfucking real how good that movie was. Uh I'm assuming you've seen it, Joe. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was I didn't know what to expect from the trailers. I said, okay, well, it's probably going to be more insightful than the trailer is showing because it's Greta Gerwig. And then I was like, all right, well, this is giving me like a little bit of like Brady Bunch the movie, right? It's giving me this idea of like here's this character and they're completely out of their element in in modern times or whatever. I did not anticipate the amount of times 
that water would be welling up in my eyes by how mm-hmm. emotional and beautiful and and poignant so many scenes are in this damn movie. Um, I mean, it, it, there's not much else to add. Everybody has showered the praises on it. I think only Fox News film critics have disliked it. Like, Barbie is so incredible. Yeah. It's pitch perfect. It's like a feminist treatise that we didn't know we needed. Yeah. Um, it like it's single handedly going to give America Ferrera more work, and she was doing just fine already. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really good. I I would not be surprised if Barbie wins. Uh, for best picture of the year, it should. I I think it's more likely to win at the Golden Globes than the oscars it will absolutely be an oscar nominee mm-hmm. um i have no doubt in my mind about that i think that you're going to see a lot of nominations coming in for best actress best supporting actress best actor um i don't man it's hard to say i'm trying to think of what else came out this year and i'm sure that there was some oscar bait stuff that i'm forgetting about but sure like it could it could go it could be that sleeper hit it could be the parasite of this year or the um every everything everywhere all at once of this year where it's like not the movie that we anticipated the movie that we thought was getting the pity nomination um sure. so that we didn't complain too much when it didn't win so maybe i mean it is very, it is a smarter movie than i think anyone anticipated it being yeah. when they went into it I think that like people want it to be killers of the flower moon. Yeah. But like it it should be Barbie, the kind of cultural impact, right, that it's had. I mean, it it dominated Halloween so much that Fran Drescher had to tell people not to dress up like them. Yeah. It's like, "Hey, by the way, that's been my joke too is I'm like, well, I guess Fran Drescher was right. The Halloween costume thing is truly what needed to put we needed to do to stop the actor's strike. Yeah. It was like four days later after Halloween. That's, that's really what sent the shockwaves through the studios. Um, Joe, how about you, though? I feel like I don't want you to just have to piggyback on my uh, my pop culture thing, unless that was what you were planning <laughs> to talk about as well. The Barbie movie? No. Yeah. Um, look, <laughs> look, I haven't seen it yet. So I'm just but I'm going to say that I'm already kind of low key obsessed with it. I am really looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving, Eli yeah. Roth's Thanksgiving. And here's why. Like, that, the the audacity to take, like, a fake trailer during gr- the Grindhouse, like, movies from, like, decades ago and turn it into, like, a for real slasher, I feel like now's the good time to, like, do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a friend who is not a horror fan who went to go watch Dick's the musical and <laughs> said that it was um it it was a lot to watch the trailer for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I was like and I was like it was just the trailer like you haven't even seen it. So I, now I just need to know if it was the red band trailer or if it was like a regular trailer in front of Dick's the musical because he's a little soft. <laughs> so <laughs> I say that like as a loving like horror fan where it's just like, oh yeah, my favorite kill is in 13 goats where the guy gets like cut in half with the, with the glass, like the sliding glass door. Um, it's a great kill. That is also like, one of my favorite kills of all time, but yes. 
yeah he but he was just like you know it's just with everything that's going on uh in the world i just thought it was just a lot for me to handle and i was like yeah but okay i i i was trying very hard to like see him in being vulnerable about how a horror movie trailer made him feel yeah but it also like after he said that it made me want to watch it even like 10 times more yeah and <laughs> I'm, I'm sick i'm sick like all of you fucks now I'm excited, but I'm also like, man, Eli Roth has burnt me more than I've enjoyed his work. So I really am keeping my expectations lower. Sure. Than if it was just someone else's movie. Um, but I mean, that that fake trailer is so good from yeah. Grindhouse that if it has even a little bit of that like grimy 80s edge to it, it'll be fun. I actually... One one thing that I don't love is I don't love that it does look like more of a modern movie. I would have loved for him to have just grained that shit out so that it felt like you were watching a VHS tape the whole time. Um, but I mean, that's that's nitpicky at at best. So, yeah, I am. I am excited. I'm excited to see what happens with Thanksgiving. And I'm excited to see what happens with these last three episodes of season two of the O.C. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 